Well, welcome to the Faithful Fathering Podcast. This is Rick Wirtz, founder and president of Faithful Fathering, and uh, where we work to encourage and equip dads to be faithful fathers. That's a dad that prioritizes physical presence, is engaged emotionally, and leads spiritually by example. In this podcast, uh, as you might expect, June is my favorite month of the year. And uh, so we're going to emphasize this and call this Father's Day month in this series of podcasts. We're going to uh, uh, absolutely give you, you know, extend a tribute to you dads, but we're also going to charge, initiate a charge for you to be the dad you're called to be, the dad the next generation needs to Mm -hmm. see. So uh, with that, uh, before I introduce our guests, I want you to know that Faithful Fathering exists to to help you become the dad the next generation needs. I want to point you to our website, faithfulfathering.org where you can click on the four dads button to access any resources and there our podcast and our, our training and our blogs absolutely complement what this podcast is all about so uh, as always this will be a very practical discussion i pray blesses you on your journey as a father and uh, as a husband uh, father you're called to be so in the studio with me today is mr otto kelly he is a pastor and founder of Daddy Academy. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, Otto, it's a blessing to have you Thank with you. us. Uh, Thank you. Tell Thank us a little bit about you. I say you're married for 35 yes, years with married, two boys. Yes, so been sure. married for 35 years uh, to my lovely wife, Joy, my high school sweetheart. Um, we are uh, originally from Nevada, Reno, Nevada, and uh, recently moved to the Houston area. Uh, I've got two adult sons, Alonzo, who is married to his uh, lovely bride, Alyssa, my daughter-in-law, and my, my youngest son, Dom. Uh, both of them, uh, one is 33 and the other one's 35. Fantastic. Well, Tom is one of my favorite names, so there you go. <laughs> uh, and, and tell us a little bit about uh, Daddy Academy. Yeah, you know, um, for several years, I was the executive director of crisis pregnancy centers. I have three crisis pregnancy centers in the Reno, greater Reno area. Hmm. And, um, you know, it's interesting when people look at me and they go, well, how in the world did that happen? You know, you being the way that you are, looking the way you look, and the, the, the background, the athletics, how did that happen? And frankly, God, you know. Um, And um, so when I took it over, uh, we didn't have anything going on for dads, nothing for fathers. And and so um, about 70% of the young men coming through the doors did not have any relationship with their fathers. Mm. But at the the same time, them showing up at the doors, they were letting me know that they wanted to take some type of responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so within that, we developed a a curriculum. We developed a a thing called Daddy Academy, Dad, Dad slash E Academy, Dad Excellence Academy. And uh, in that, we just uh, uh, began to develop different hmm. lesson, lesson plans, and then we'd um, have uh, support groups, um, uh, mentoring, mm-hmm. uh, follow-up, um, and uh, uh, I, I call it uh, dad's prenatal care. Mm. Uh, so dads, what they do, we, we explain to them the importance of being uh, ever-present in the life of your, your, your child pre-birth. Mm-hmm. You know, you speak to your child, you talk to your child, mm-hmm. you, you have that child be familiar with your voice, um, and I got an interesting story regarding that, but um, but yeah, that's yeah, that's what I do. There's some fascinating stories uh, <laughs> recognizing a voice yes, uh, in the womb, that type yes, of thing, sir. reading yes, to your child. Uh-huh. So uh, it is interesting. Of course, they're in that situation a lot of times because yeah. there wasn't a dad in yeah. their life, yeah. right? Well, uh, when you got well, sixty-seven percent, almost seventy percent of the uh, the teen pregnancies uh, are directly. Uh, 
out of fatherless homes. Sure. So yeah, you know, yeah, you know all the stats, man. So I'm gonna tell you anything you don't know. So. <laughs> young ladies are three times as likely to become teen mothers when mm -hmm. dad isn't engaged. Yes, sir. But, you know, on the other side of the spectrum, I think sometimes uh, dads, uh, and it may result uh, that dads put their fathering on cruise control. Yeah. And uh, they think, well, the kid's a teenager now. He needs to be with his own friends. I'll kind of check out. I'll get back mm -hmm. into my hobbies. And, mm -hmm. and that's not really what we're no. supposed to do, is it? No, uh, sir. I mean, you know, uh, I think I'd mentioned with you, I was with uh, juvenile services for, gosh, 11 years. And again, it goes back to what we talked about, the uh, lack of fathering. Mm -hmm. And that was, uh, you would see the, 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 the social ills as a result of that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, what, what happens is I think sometimes is that dad is under the assumption, and it's a, uh, I think a deception more than an assumption from the enemy that um, you're not needed, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, and when, it, uh, nothing can be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I know that uh, the kids I had on my caseload, um, they, they desired affirmation, they desired significance. You know, from dad, they desired urging from dad. Uh, matter of fact, one of the one of the rappers uh, a long time ago, Tupac, said, "If I had my dad in my life, I'd be more confident." You know, and he was a you know confident guy, but he was saying that I would have been more confident if I'd had a dad in my life. Right. So right. The, the 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 lie of the enemy is to try to uh, portray to a dad that he's no longer needed when when the when the opposite is absolutely true, man. I tell you. Um, we desperately need our fathers. Right, and they're, in that case, a uh, rapper or even the, uh, you know, you, these guys spend their lives trying to prove themselves uh, what they wanted their dads to affirm. Yeah. And that is to be successful, yeah. to be yeah. a dad themselves, to have a relationship that they wanted to have, mm. even if it's an inappropriate relationship. So uh, those are the things. That, you know, there's a, a story in scripture, they call it the rich young ruler, I think, that mm. uh, he says, you know, he came up to Jesus and said, good teacher, what uh, what shall I do to inherit the eternal life? And Jesus said to him, you know the commandments. And he said, all these things I've kept since my youth. And Jesus said, well, one thing you still lack is to sell all your possessions and distribute the money to the poor mm. and you'll have treasure in heaven and come follow me mm. but uh, you know the, the rich man said you know, he went away very sad for he was extremely wealthy uh, and Jesus looked at him and said uh, how hard it is for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God I think a lot of us you know we draw a picture of what it means to to be a man and to be successful and what have you and we get comfortable in that lifestyle and I say I call it cruise control yeah. that uh, unless something really happens in your life to say you need to make a course correction mm -hmm. here uh, you know this rich young ruler missed the call he's yeah. seeing Jesus face to face yeah. and he missed that call to hey make a course correction here he knew something was wrong because yeah. he had a gut feel he came to right. try to affirm that right. he, he had what it took right. and so he knew something wasn't right but he wasn't really ready to recognize what wasn't right mm -hmm. uh, and I think uh, there's a lot of fathers in that situation today that they 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 know something's not right mm -hmm. but uh, unless they have someone like you come into mm -hmm. their life like through daddy academy mm -hmm. or someone uh, a father figure to say hey let's make a correction here let's make some changes right. and right. so I, I say you know how do you relate uh, or how how have you seen other guys or maybe yourself how you've related to the uh, rich young ruler how you got comfortable of where you were at and maybe uh, knew something needed to be changed but you weren't ready to step away from that yet you know it's interesting for me um, you know my dad died when I was in middle school mm. but that caused me to grope uh, real, real desperately for a father figure mm -hmm. so through athletics and through a couple of mean other means you know guys God used a lot of guys or a few men to really father me mm. And uh, as I was married and, and, and grew into uh, fatherhood, 
you know, what really got me more than anything else to help me not be on cruise control, to be honest with you, was, um, was uh, I just pictured the type of father that I really wanted mm. when growing up. I just mm. pictured that. And as a result of that, I, um, I, I wanted to be to my, my, my sons the father that I never had. Mm. And so that kind of caused me not to be on cruise control mm. because I, I, I just pictured that. And, uh, and then um, what, said to myself, gosh, I would love to have done this with my dad. Mm. And so those things that I wanted to do with my dad, I made sure I did with my sons. And I tell you, Rick, what got me about that, man, is that I vicariously began to father myself through my sons. Yeah, sure. It blew me away. I'm going, I, never, I didn't know that, but wow, as I, as I was doing it, I looked at him and go, wow. You know? and, and so it helped um, heal that father wound that was in me. You know uh, that groping to try to uh, be successful mm. or, or be significant. Mm -hmm. So I would I would say fathers, man. You know what? You, you if you can just have uh, recall and remember what it was like being their age, mm -hmm. knowing how desperately you needed someone, uh, especially your dad, to speak into your life and affirm you. Mm -hmm. Just just remember. Don't forget. Just remember what it was like their age, mm -hmm. and then from that standpoint respond, because it's impossible. I'm telling you, it's really impossible going cruise control when you remember what it was like being their age. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, if somebody has some people have better memories than others. Yeah, you know? <laughs> you're right, dude. That's a great point. That's an excellent point, man. Yeah, but but I think I think remembering, you know, even when when because uh, a lot of us grew up in, in emotionally volatile circumstances. Mm -hmm. But I think remembering what you wanted mm -hmm. as a dad, as as a, as, a, as a child. I think sometimes that that can help us. Right, right. Now it was you 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 knew what you were looking for from the father figures that stepped into your life yeah. when you lost your dad. Yeah. Uh, how, how was your relationship prior to uh, losing your dad in the your very young years? Do you have some particular recollection? There? The, the biggest thing I, I saw from my dad was he was, um, there was no, uh, no one too big, no circumstances, no circumstance too huge for him not to defend his family. Mm -hmm. And you know, um, he just, he just didn't, he didn't know nothing mattered other than the safety and provision of his family. Now remember that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 a couple of instances I, I saw where he, there was a potential for violence, mm -hmm. uh, and didn't he didn't move, he didn't he didn't flinch, mm -hmm. because he it was almost like he took, um, and, and I say non-verbally, but he took his family and his sons and put them behind him and go what kind of attitude, mm -hmm. and and I think for me I saw um, how valuable, mm. you know, I was to where he would be willing to risk uh, physical harm, even death. To mm -hmm. defend us, so that's what I remember. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it was just a really interesting, uh, a vivid memory. Yeah, you see, so you had a vivid memory of uh, knowing the dad had to stand in the gap. Yeah, and uh, yes, which, which we see here that in scripture as well. And and so when you when you had uh, when you had, when your first boy came into the world, what what kind of commitment did you make to your bride? What what, what was that wake up call there when you oh, when you see the miracle goodness. come to fruition? Wow, I mean when I. You know, because I've been born again ever since I was a senior in high school. Mm. And honestly, other than my biological dad, I mean, Father God, honestly, has been the only father I've ever really known. Mm -hmm. And when I saw my son, you know, when I saw him, uh, uh, first saw his head, um, there was a love that came over me mm. that I never knew existed prior to that. Mm -hmm. I mean, other men talked about it, and guys in my life talked about it, mm -hmm. and that's all I could receive from them is is, is verbiage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the idea of feeling that, 
I mean, Rick, feeling that. I, mean, I never, I never experienced that before, and that, and that this love was just so gigantic to me so it was just almost almost to the point where it was so huge it was surreal hmm. and then recognizing that um, God had blessed me with that gift to love my son mm-hmm. to give me an idea of how much he loves me mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and that just changed things just mm-hmm. so when I saw that brother it just it just changed things so you were physically present in the birthing room yes sir yeah. yes sir I, uh, I was too, and yeah. I, I agree with you. I think there was a oh healing, a yeah. healing that went on there. Yeah, uh, that's that, huge. Uh, that's that a great allowed, point. Yeah. That's a huge point. Uh, so that spiritually, to see that miracle come to fruition and witness that, and then be right there and have that uh, in connection was absolutely a conviction on my heart. Oh, goodness, uh, yeah. I immediately jumped back in and got busy at work. But, uh, <laughs> but, the, but, the, but, but I, looking back, I saw that as a flexion point, yeah. if you will, that I knew at that point I had a young baby that was responsible for it. Our, our daughter was the eldest our son came second mm-hmm. but uh, the you know I had a responsibility to step into uh, to live up to yes, and sir. I had to find that right model to go mm. uh, to go with so that's that was uh, uh, one of my course corrections for sure but right. I, I agree with you that the opportunity to be there in the in the birthing room uh, is, is uh, it was a, there was a, a spiritual healing yes, in my sir. in my life, I agree. Uh, and we'll talk about another here in the in the next session. But the uh, uh, what what would uh, it, when you see men um, drifting from this uh, response? You obviously, uh, I'm sure there are some men that didn't come back in the crisis pregnancy centers yeah. as much as they loved or you or the Daddy Academy. They had other things tugging at them, and mm-hmm. they checked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in other men that you've worked with, what have you seen that? Uh, provides them the encouragement to, hey, you need to check in, not mm-hmm. check out. Not, mm-hmm. You need to take control, not go on cruise control. I, I, for me, I, I've seen the importance of accountability with other mm-hmm. men. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, uh, for me, uh, um, I, I watched how that in itself has helped men. Because a lot of times, unfortunately, we're, we're deceived into believing that we're feeling this thing and we're by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And no one really can understand what's going on. But when there's a, a willingness for a man to uh, listen to another man mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, and, and be held accountable, be willing to hear the truth. And what I mean by that, I don't mean um, you know, politely telling someone their faults. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is that really speaking to them who they really are, mm-hmm. how the Father views them. You may be acting this way, but no, this is, this is, how, this is how Heavenly Father sees you. Mm-hmm. And he have, has blessed you with a wonderful responsibility of this child, mm-hmm. of this daughter, of this son. Mm-hmm. And uh, so as a result of that, we got your back. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't, don't, don't run. I know mm-hmm. the world wants you to, but don't run, man. We got you. Um, and I, at least for me, I noticed that was a, a huge um, um, asset mm-hmm. to what we were doing. Um, and, and I guess also, um, even the guys, man, uh, it was interesting, the guys that would come through the doors, um, when um, they, would, would come through the doors and see uh, a guy. Because mm-hmm. they were expecting nothing but estrogen sure. when they walked through the door. When, right, they, right. when they heard bass in the voice, and all of a sudden it's a, it's a different atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. of that, they're willing to talk because they were thinking, okay, they're just gonna blame me and point at me and I'm gonna have issues. But mm-hmm. when they hear a, a guy's voice, it just changes things. And, and so when that happened, we just jumped on it. You know, dude, I'm glad you're here. Hey, we got your back. You need anything? We're not trying to force you. Just, hey, we got you. And that in itself uh, added a, 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 some camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And, and I would honestly say that I'd, I'd say maybe uh, we kept uh, at least 
sixty percent of the guys. Good. That's actually, from a relationship. Yeah. yeah. Because we just yeah. you know just a just because we're here you were for there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I think that uh, you know one thing I've always said about accountability is men will be accountable to lies. There's a degree of vulnerability first. Yeah. And I think that sounds like that's what you introduced when yeah. they could hear a man's voice. They didn't have to put up a front in front of a woman. Right. They could they could come to a man and right. talk man to man. Right. And uh, right. what a blessing you were to to those men. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank you. I mean, I, like I said. <laughs> Rick, never in a million years, bro. Never in a million years. I'm thinking to myself, how in the world did this happen? <laughs> but you know, it's interesting. What helped? What helped is that um, God helped me, dude. He, he really did, man. It was like um, I want young ladies and, and 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 these men come through the doors to know what it's like to see um, uh, a, a father figure mm -hmm. that um, is wanting nothing but the best for them. Right. right. And um, that. Having the father's presence at that at our at our center honestly changed the trajectory of a lot mm -hmm. of lives. Mm -hmm. It was just the father's presence. I mean, you know, as well as I do, the majority of people that we deal with, you know, they're dealing with abandonment issues, mm -hmm. rejection, and mm -hmm. and so when the presence of of, of father is there, the, mm -hmm. uh, and when the, when the young ladies and families would walk through those doors, they couldn't tell you what the peace was. They mm -hmm. just know it's peaceful, mm -hmm. but we knew what it was. Mm -hmm. And it was it was a presence of a loving father, mm -hmm. and uh, and then God in His goodness um, saw fit to allow me to be an instrument of His love to to so many broken ones that came through the door. So, Fantastic. yeah, that's good. Good. Well, uh, as we wrap up this session here, what what are the final tips that you would have for dads that are uh, in danger of checking out, or maybe by listening to this they realize mm -hmm. they haven't engaged as much as they should mm -hmm. in the lives of their teenagers, or even their younger kids, or even their adult kids. I, yeah. You know, I was. I always reference the the seasons of fathering that mm. you, know, you know the teacher season the first ten years uh, where we really have the teacher mode. Yeah. I mean they 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 think we're God. They accept <laughs> everything we say. It's short answers. Yeah. Then they become you know they, in the next ten years they start realizing we're not perfect. Yeah. Uh, they push back a little bit. They're they're under the influence of some of the external forces that mm. we kind of prepared them for. Mm. Uh, the question is, how grounded are they in their faith to right. make good decisions in these other forces? And then the counselor season, the ten years, third ten years and beyond, is uh, we have to wait for the phone to ring yeah. and uh, and uh, be available, mm. but not be intrusive. So right. how how would you uh, challenge dads to to? Uh, uh, of course, I always reference the secret weapon as mom. She'll know uh, whether. <laughs> You're in, she you're does <laughs> have a she have a sixth sense on that man. She, she really does. does. She does. Uh, uh, but uh, what would your encouragement be to dads that have uh, or are, are sensitive? Am I on cruise control? Have I am I not as engaged as I need to be? You know, I, I, this is gonna sound funny, but it just it just works. Um, I um, I went to my sons, and uh, they were in their teen years. And they're starting starting to feel their oats and, and whatnot, and we we always had good conversations. Um, but the thing that I sat them down and said, "Listen, my dad died when when I was middle school, and um, frankly, I don't know how to be a good dad. But I'm asking you to help me. I'm asking you to help me be a good dad. So I need for you to communicate with me." And help me um, to to uh, to be a good dad to you guys. Mm -hmm. And when my sons saw my vulnerability and my willingness to be held accountable by them, it it switched things, because the one who we looked up to as a hero is saying that he needs us mm -hmm. to fulfill something, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it just changed everything. So I would say to dads, 
you know, uh, it's okay, I'm really. You're not gonna lose your, your, your uh, cool points with your kids. You're really not. Um, if you're willing to be vulnerable in front of mm -hmm. them. No, serious, I'm telling people, sure. guys think, you know, that you know, they gotta have a, a right. Superman complex. And keep my bluffing. Yeah, but the, cool, <laughs> but the thing about it is, we're, we're trying to be like Superman and all they want is Clark Kent, mm -hmm. you know? And when it's time to be Superman, you can, you know, take the chest up, take the, and show the S, but for the most part, they just want Clark Kent. They want someone who they know. Uh, gonna he's gonna love there. on there, mm -hmm. love on them, and be there for them. Yeah, mm -hmm. without a doubt. So that that would be the the, the great suggestion. Great that tip. Great tip. And uh, any particular resources that you would suggest? Oh my gosh! I, for me, I mean, uh, I I love anything that has to do with Christian Men's Network uh, mm -hmm. with uh, Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole. Mm -hmm. Those those uh, curriculum, those books are awesome. There was a there's a secular book. Oh my gosh! By the name of uh, the Boy Crisis, hmm. by um, gosh Warren Farrell. Okay. Um, okay. I would, the Boy Crisis. Boy Crisis. Mm -hmm. it, it is a phenomenal book. And mm -hmm. he basically says at the end of the book, okay, I think we need fathers. Mm -hmm. I mean, and this, uh, this guy, he's done uh, empirical data. He's done all kinds of research. Mm -hmm. I mean, decades. About, you know, I think he's in his 70s now. Mm -hmm. But, uh, man, he, he has done his research. So, Fantastic. yeah, The Boy Crisis good. by Warren Farrell. Well, a couple others. I did, uh, the Heart of a Father by Dr. Ken Canfield. Ken is the founder and president of the uh, National Center for Fathering mm -hmm. back in 89. And, mm -hmm. and so he wrote a couple of several mm -hmm. great books. He's now into grandparenting as well. He's yeah. been a dear friend, a spiritual mentor of mine. Nice. And uh, certainly uh, Faithful Fathering has studies for dads out there to work with. They can access those on uh, you can access those at FaithfulFathering.org. And uh, the book we just released least the seasons of fathering will help dads prepare for what's around the corner so you don't great. get blindsided that's but awesome i think that's a the great uh, great uh, tip there so mm. uh, so dad you heard it uh, from Otto that uh, we we the challenge is to be vulnerable with our kids uh, in other words uh, they know you're not perfect anyway, so you might as well admit <laughs> it and uh, just say, uh, sons, daughters, uh, I'm here to be the best dad I can be. Uh, let me know how I can be of help. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's a, uh, if you catch yourself going on cruise control, uh, drop us a line uh, through our website, faithfulfathering.org, or just uh, reach out and give us a call. But uh, we, uh, we're here to encourage and equip you across this Father's Day month. Mm -hmm. Take ownership. Uh, be sensitive to being on cruise control. Take control. If there's a course correction that's needed, find that resource uh, as auto-suggested or anything else available on our website. And uh, step up as the father you're called to be. God bless. Godspeed.